This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, June 7th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Telluride Film Festival purchases Nugget Building, Arts District rethinks Transfer Warehouse, USDA offers emergency loans for San Miguel County farmers, and a mountain weather forecast. The Telluride Film Festival is the new owner of the Nugget Building. In a news release, the festival announced it, along with Colorado nonprofit corporation National Film Preserve, purchased the building and plans to develop it into a, quote, cultural center devoted to film, filmmakers, and film culture. The release notes the building will provide a permanent hub for the festival in Telluride and include a full remodel of the Nugget Theater. The festival also plans to construct a rooftop gathering space and hopes to build a filmmaker residency adjacent to the building. The announcement from the film festival did not include information on when the Nugget Theater will reopen or what will happen to the businesses currently residing in the Nugget Building. Film festival officials were not available for further comment. The Telluride Film Festival is embarking on a capital campaign to raise funds for the remodel and associated projects. The Film Fest is scheduled to be back in Telluride this fall, September 2nd through 6th. It's hard to think of events during COVID and not have your mind turn to the Telluride Transfer Warehouse. As the pandemic pushed events outside, four walls and a gravel floor became the go-to for concerts, theater, drag, and book launches. What happened in this past year was it afforded us a proof of concept um, in that the building in its this state, like this super rough, raw state, was able to do all the things we want it to do. That's Kate Jones, director of Telluride Arts, which owns the Transfer Warehouse. She says the pandemic and that proof of concept allowed the arts district to push pause and rethink what the future of the warehouse will look like. What we think is going to change dramatically is how um, sort of fine-tuned the new design is. The original concept for the building was a multi-level sculptural extravaganza, a building within a building, full of exhibition spaces, production rooms, and art galleries, heat and air condition controlled. Now we're sort of pulling back on that, and, and we would like to let the building be the building. And so we're going to move forward with a design that takes that into consideration. There will still, we still, uh, it's a high priority for us to keep this sort of indoor-outdoor feeling. We do need bathrooms in here. We need storage. We do need some weather protection. Um, But sort of backing off of... um, of this building inside of a building concept and kind of embracing, like, let the warehouse be the warehouse. Jones says they hope to include a basement location and cover part of the warehouse to create a rooftop space. But she says the mission of the warehouse will stay the same. We've always thought about it as a super flexible space that can be transformed, and people are here to enjoy artists' work. So, you know, that's why we've embraced this idea of flexibility, because maybe we don't even know what that's going to look like in the future. Is it holographic projection? It's music, it's spoken word, it's all the things. And so we really want this building to be flexible enough to hold that kind, that level of creativity. And Joan says she wants to keep the warehouse 
an oasis for the community. It's kind of a secret garden and, and it's it's kind of a, a respite. You know, we think about this kind of cultural core that we're creating with the library and the Aha School and the warehouses, the heartbeat of Telluride. And this summer I, I thought, you know, it's the heartbeat, but it's also like the lungs. Telluride Arts is required to have the plans for the building approved by the end of 2022. The organization hopes to release a concept for the new warehouse design in the coming weeks. With extreme and exceptional drought conditions across western Colorado, the United States Department of Agriculture recently designated 63 of Colorado's 64 counties as primary natural disaster areas due to drought. According to San Miguel County Manager Mike Bordonia, the designation allows farmers in San Miguel County to apply for emergency loans through the USDA Farm Service Agency. Knowing that we're looking at a drought cycle for a continued drought cycle for the summer, um, they wanted to make sure that if they needed emergency low interest or or interest-free loans, uh, that they could access them now so that they could make those repayments and not potentially um, go into foreclosure or into loan default. The loans can be used for a variety of needs, like replacing essential equipment or livestock, reorganizing farm operations, or refinancing certain debts. The loans do require collateral, and farmers are eligible to receive up to $500,000. Bordonia notes the county is glad local farmers are eligible to apply for funds they may need, but he notes the fact that the county is eligible speaks to a bigger issue. I was just out in Paradox this weekend, and when you think of it's already 100 degrees out there, and if this drought continues, their aquifers are going to only continue to dry up, and it's creating it's affecting the viability of life in this county long term um, if drought cycles continue which it looks like it's only going to continue and the problem compounds on itself when farmers can't guarantee a yield bordonia says everyone is forced to look farther afield for food it's really worrisome for all of us because also then when we import our food from further away because we're having less agricultural producers locally, we're only increasing our carbon impact of that food getting to us. So it's a vicious cycle where it's just worse and worse. As Colorado, the Western Slope, and San Miguel County look towards another likely dry summer, alone may not be the final solution for local farmers' worries, but maybe a small relief. Applications for emergency farm loans are due by November 5th and are available at fsa.usda.gov. Student debt and the cost of college continues to be a topic of conversation across the country. But for a group of college-bound students in the area, the financial weight of higher education just got a little bit lighter. Last week, the Telluride Foundation announced the recipients of several scholarships, including the Neil Armstrong Scholarship and the Cheng Chavkin Scholar Awards. Caitlin Almany was awarded $20,000 through the Neil Armstrong Scholarship. Each year, the scholarship is awarded to a student pursuing a degree in science, technology, engineering, or math. Almany will be attending the University of Southern California, studying molecular and cellular biology on a pre-med track. The scholarship committee also recognized Rowan Warren for his STEM achievement. 
Warren was awarded a $4,000 Neil Armstrong Prize. He will be attending CU Boulder, majoring in electrical engineering. This year, the Cheng Chavkin Scholar Program awarded six students with $60,000 each, up from the typical four students. The scholarship program looks to support rural, first-generation college students, providing support through the students' senior year of high school and into university. In total, the Telluride Foundation awarded $333,000 in scholarships to 14 students. Mountain Film Online wrapped up over the weekend with two more awards for top films. Buried won the Audience Choice Award. The film transports viewers to March 1982, when a huge storm rolled into Alpine Meadows, one of the most avalanche-prone ski resorts in the country. Filmmakers Jared Drake and Steven Sig present the elements of the event and share memories from key players of the story, looking at what happens when nature overwhelms. For the Student Choice Award, viewers selected Black Ice as the top spot. Black Ice is part of the Real Rock 15 series and follows a group of climbers from Memphis, Tennessee, who join ice climbers Manoa Ainu, Fred Campbell, and Conrad Anker in Montana for an ice climbing adventure. The film is a blend of action, adventure, and insight into the racial inequity of outdoor recreation. Previously announced Mountain Film winners included Jacinta, Since You Arrived, My Heart Stopped Belonging to Me, After Antarctica, The Ants and the Grasshopper, The Beauty President, and On Falling. The Grand Mesa in Compagre and Gunnison National Forests will be resurfacing road between Nucla and Delta starting this week. The project will resurface the section of road and make improvements to ditches and shoulders. The construction will take place on 25 Mesa Road, beginning at mile marker 22 and extending to the intersection of the Delta Nucla Road and the National Forest System Road 402. Construction began on Monday, June 7th and will continue until Thursday, June 17th, with construction from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Motorists should expect up to one-hour traffic delays. State lawmakers have sent Governor Jared Polis a bill that would make it easier for undocumented Coloradans to access food and housing assistance along with other public benefits. It would repeal laws the legislature passed in 2006, blocking benefits from people who cannot prove their citizenship status. Supporters, including Democratic Senator Faith Winter, say it will help immigrants recover from the pandemic. As we are trying to build back in a way that is inclusive, I look at this as an important way to do that. The state estimates there are more than 160,000 undocumented immigrants currently living in Colorado, it is unknown if Polis will sign the bill, but he has signed other bills extending some housing benefits to undocumented immigrants and striking the phrase illegal alien from government documents. It's crunch time at the State House as lawmakers try to wrap up their session by Tuesday. KOTO's Scott Franz has more on the final debates. 
More than 100 bills were waiting for final votes when lawmakers returned this morning. Republicans are fiercely opposing a push to cut property taxes, saying it would undercut a ballot initiative to cut taxes even more this November. Meanwhile, Democrats are backing down from a bill aiming to significantly reduce greenhouse gas emissions. It was stuck in limbo for a month because Governor Jared Polis was threatening to veto it. He says it could have hurt the state's economy by giving too much power to a state board overseeing air quality. Lawmakers hope to adjourn Tuesday, but they legally have until Saturday night to finish the session. I'm Scott Franz at the State Capitol. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low around 40 degrees. Tuesday should be sunny during the day and mostly clear at night with a high in the mid-70s and a low in the mid-30s. Wednesday, expect sunny skies with a high near 80 degrees. Winds could gust as high as 20 miles per hour. Wednesday night calls for mostly clear skies with a low around 40 degrees. This has been the news for Monday, June 7th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206.